This morning, I pray to the Holy Spirit to help me to continue the teaching about relationships that Dr. Doug Gimmon and Pastor Nathan Pooley really did great in the last two weeks talking about, about this. Thanks, God. We have the, the Bible and being specific, the book of Romans that speaks very clear about this important matter. I, I want to establish, a, I know you've been like teaching about Romans, right? So, so probably I, I will just repeat some concepts, but the thing is that, that Paul, I want to remember that Paul addressed this letter to the church that has been established in Rome. And when we think in Rome, by that time, uh, it was the equivalent of a great city of our time. It was a modern city. It was an opulent city. They, they have uh, many philosophies, uh, cultures, uh, world visions, and a lot of pleasures available, just like Pensacola in Mardi Gras. <laughs> on spring break, <laughs> kind of. And the thing is that this type of culture always compete for the hearts of the believers. It's always competing for the hearts of the believers. And also it's against a very, to use a word, disruptive faith that is based basically on love and obedience to one God and serving other people above our own well-being. It, it can be said that Romans is a book, I call it maybe Christianity 101. It could be a, a good term for use to Romans because Paul exposed the foundations of the Christian faith. First, that all of us, we are all sinners the voluntary sacrifice of Christ to forgive us and to forgive our sins, which is a beautiful thing. Thank you, Jesus, for that. Or justification before God through repentance and faith. And that beautiful new condition that moves us from darkness to light and, 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 and not being just creatures of God, but sons. That's, that's, that's beautiful, really. And also being part of, of one body, which is the church, and which Christ is the head. But, and it's a big but, beyond this, and this is, this is important because I feel really happy being forgiven by God, my sins, being washed, being part of a body, having eternal life and all that. But the thing is that Paul tells us in this book and many other of his letters that faith must be followed by a profound transformation in all areas of our lives. That's Christianity, basically, being transformed. That is, that is the thing. That is the most important thing. And one specific area is or relationships. Indeed, relationships are so important that Jesus said, by this, 
everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. It's not the way you dress. It's not if you have the Bible under your arm or if you come to the church every Sunday. It is if you love others. That's the mark. That's the sign of a, of a Christian. So, and this is relations. It's basically Jesus is talking about relations. And I would say that many of the problems of humanity and the human suffering have the origin in the absence of love in our lives. A life that doesn't have love is a dry life. It's, it's, it's not a good life. And, and, and if we don't, we don't have love and we don't give love and we cannot give the love that we don't have, we cannot have good and sincere relationships. We can pretend that we have good, good relations. And now with social media and all that, we, we, we become good pretenders, you know? We smile in the selfies, we hug people with a, with a, with a big smile, but that's just pretending that we have a good relations. We can be polite, diplomatic, have good manners, even good communication skills, but I said that it's more public relations than the love bond that God expects from us. Brian Myers, in his book, Walking with the Poor, explains that poverty is a relational problem. It's very, very interesting. He explains that poverty comes from a bad relationship with God, a bad relationship with ourselves, a bad relationship with our peers, and a bad relationship with creative things. So we can, we can say that bad relationships brings poverty to our life. When we don't have good relations, we are poor. Maybe we have a lot of money, a beautiful car, a beautiful smile, but we are poor because we don't have good relations. And, uh, and on the other hand, we can say that if we have good relations, we are rich. We are rich in love. We are rich in happiness, somebody that can hold our hand when, when we need it, or we can give a, a word of encouragement to a people that need it. That makes us rich, rich people. And I'm telling this uh, not because I have read it, but because I'm an expert in bad relations. <laughs> yeah, that's, it's true. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I really, my life is a collection of bad relations with, with my family, with my, my, my parents, my, my siblings, my teachers, friends. I mean, a lot of, a lot of bad relations. Uh, and, and Paul, Paul the Apostle, really knew it, knew it really good. He, uh, if you know his story, he had declared war on Jesus, who by throwing him from the horse and blinding him, warned him, it is hard for you to kick the sting. You remember that, right? And I was thinking on this, and how many of us continue kicking the sting? Kicking the sting. 
uh, clinging to our pride, to our arrogance, trying to impose our will and harming, harming our, our fellow human beings to end like Paul. Alone, in the dirt, blind, not knowing where to go. I was there at some point in my life, alone, not having good relations, and it's not a good place to be. And that's all related with, with being a person with no good relations. I, was, I, I, I really like Paul. He was so intolerant and close-minded that he cut off the heads of those, those who disagree with him. And thinking about this, I said, this is something that, that we now continue to do through social media. When we hate other people, when, when we put bad comments in social media, uh, or when we have this sense of self-justice, or, or when we often cowardly from anonymity, or just in our mind, we have bad, bad desires for other people. And, and speaking about Paul, even though when he was already a fervent believer, he could never free himself from his personal struggles, which made him feel miserable since he could not control his carnal inclinations. And, and I've been there too, you know, that, that moment when, when, when you say, why? Why I can change? Why I'm always reacting the same way, where, where all this anger come from, where, where all this fear come from, why I am this, this, you know, dry people, why can't I, uh, you know, hug other people, why can't I not say beautiful things to my wife, to, to my kids, you know, and that makes you poor, again, go, going back to the Brian Mayer's concept, but it's, that's poverty, that's a poor life. That's a poor life to live. Hence, uh, that's the passion which, with which Paul addressed this topic in Romans 12. That's been the scriptures that the scripture that you've been going through. And, 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 and I decided to read many verses because I, I, you see like a, like a progression in, this, in these words. So Paul said, therefore, I urge you, Brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, because this is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. For by the the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all others. We have different gifts 
according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to live, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people for, of low position. Do not be conceited. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. And if it's possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. It's a beautiful scripture. And what I see here is how Paul moves at this point of the, of the letter, of the book, from the theological to the practical. And that's, that's very important because... I mean, being a Christian is not knowing verses and theology. It's, 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 a, it's a way of life. It's a lifestyle. And that's, that's, that's an important thing. And, and, and what Paul is doing is giving us guidelines to live as a redeemed person has to live. And that includes what our relationships should be with God, with ourselves, and with our fellow human beings. And as a... As Dr. Doug and Pastor Nathan mentioned in the last two weeks, there are four virtues that we must cultivate. One is love. The other one is honor. The other one is peace, and I think that's coming next week, and harmony. And uh, this morning, I, I want to speak a little bit about harmony. First, just to put it in that way, it, the the word is mentioned both in the Old Testament and also in the New Testament. In the Old Testament, the word, the Hebrew word is yashad, and in the New Testament is the Greek pronuntes. But the good thing is that in both cases, with many, many years in between, the, the meaning is the same. This word try to say peace and unity between people and with God. And if you go back to Genesis 1, it tells us how God created the world and declared everything to be good. Another word to use it is harmonious. We can say, he said, this, this is harmony in what I, what I created. So we can, we can say that, that the universe and the Garden of Eden was the, the, perfect, the perfect harmony between humanity, nature, and God. And all we know the sad story about is about this and how due to sin harmony was broken and the world experienced conflict and separation that continues to this day. I I was reading Psalm 133 uh, verse 1 where 
King David really emotionally expressed, see how good and pleasant it is for brothers to dwell together in harmony. Sometimes you read it, but you don't get it totally. But if you go and, 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 and try to understand the moment that he was living, probably was under severe PTS, post-traumatic stress. Yeah, because his life had been a, a succession of conflictive relationships. If you review his story, he had been persecuted by his own mentor, Saul. He had killed more than 10,000 people. And he had committed adultery with his friend's wife. So probably he, he wasn't in a good moment of his life or probably he doesn't have the best relations. So he was most than telling us how good it is. He was craving for that remembering the beautiful moments when we when when he was in peace with with God with with the peers with his family see how good and pleasing is it is for brothers to dwell together in harmony and the situation has not changed much in all this time today we live in a world without harmony and it's, it's hard to see how we have even normalized dysfunctional and, and conflictual relationships. If you see how people relate now, we, we, we do not relate to others from a position of love, but out of convenience. What that other people can give to my life? What, what can I take from, from, from that person? Uh, that's interest, for interest, or sometimes for power. Okay, can I, can I be on top of this person? Can I be bigger, smarter than the other person? Abuse, abusive relations, greed, anger, fear, lies. Those are the kinds of relations that we have now, and it's sad. Then, years later, after David in 1 Corinthians 1.10, Paul again says, I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree with one another in what you say, and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly united in mind and thought. That's the calling. And that's the calling. That's the calling that he's doing to every one of us. But the question is, how is it done? And Paul answers this, because if we go back to Romans 12, verse 2, he said, Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, and then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. The question, the question that I do myself, and I've been doing this question for years, is are we, are I letting God transform me? Are we letting God transform us? Because many people don't want to be transformed. Many people don't want to change. We, uh, we have adapted 
to live in in this world of hypocrisy and appearances. But as Paul says, do not, do not imitate the conduct and customs of this world. We have to break with that. And the first step is to be in harmony with God. The first step to go there is, is, is to, to be transformed, to be the person that God wants us to be, is let God transform us and be in harmony with God. And again, for this is not enough to say I'm a Christian or attend church on Sunday. And, and we have to distinguish between having a relationship with God and having harmony with God. It's, it's, it's not the same. Because as Christians, our relationship with God is that of a son. We all here are sons of God. However, despite being a child of God, the harmony in our relation with God can be damaged. And a good example of this is the prodigal son. Have you, I know you know the story. Even though he left his father's house, he was still his son. He never lost the condition of being his son. And when he returns repentant, he regained not the position of his son, but the harmony in their relationship with his father. That's, that's, we, that's what we, he regained when he came back. So I ask myself and ask yourself, do you want to achieve harmony with God? Then we have to do certain things. And the first one is recognize that, that we are sinners. Recognize your sin. Accept your vulnerability. Repent and stop sinning. And in a practical way, break with what binds you and do not cling to that habit or character defect that gives you emotional security. Sometimes we are attached to our anger or bully personality or fear or isolation because that gives us emotional security. But that's, that's not what God wants to do. What God wants to do is what Paul says. Do good. Do good things. Don't be afraid. I, as, I, as I mentioned, I, I, I'm not a good, a good person. I'm not a relationship person. I'm, 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 not, I'm really bad on that. And, and, and one friend told me, I was, I was telling him, like, what can I do? What, what can I do to be different? He said, do good. Start practicing small acts of love. If you're not the one to say to your wife, how beautiful you are today, or your kids, hey, you're going to champion, how are you doing? I mean, start slow. You'll say, wow, the first time, you know, a little rose, a, a little word. I mean, start doing small things, little acts of love. And habit doesn't come to our life in one day. It takes time, repetition. Know, commitment, pray. The lady was here, sorry, I don't know her name, but she was saying pray. And, and I think that we Christians are underestimate 
praying. I, I don't know. We're, we're too materialistic, you know, modern times. Yeah, that's for old-fashioned old thing. No, it's not. What other way we have to communicate with God? Just pray. Pray all the time. That's what the Bible says. Pray all, all the time. And that's not only talking to God, saying what's in our heart, but listening what He has to tell us. That's, that's prayer. Read the Bible. It sounds like it's too basic. But do you read the Bible? you really read the Bible? It's a beautiful collection of guidance, comfort, and love that God has sent you through kings, wise men, prophets, apostles who experience struggles like ours, basically. So they know what they're, what they're telling us. And, you, and we can relate with them in our own experiences, no matter we're living in this century, digital age, postmodern world. Read the Bible. Serve God. Be part of something bigger than you. Be part of a ministry. Serve God. Visit the people that are sick in a hospital. Serving your house. Dishwash. Do the dishes. That's, that's part of it. And let yourself, and Josh, my son-in-law, thinks this is a, not the right word, but let yourself be seduced by the love of God. Yeah. Be seduced by the love of God. He said the Americans will think in, a, in another thing. Yeah, but but, but I, I'm, I'm really I'm using this word because that's my own story, being seduced by the love of God, you know. I, um, I became a Christian 1990, so it's been 34 years ago, and, and I've been stubborn. I mean, God's been, I mean, been a hard rock to break for God. But finally, after falling and repenting again and falling again and falling again, he showed me that he loves me no matter what, and he loves me as I, as I am no matter what. And eventually that love seduced me. That love seduced me. It, it wasn't the words, the, the, the counseling, the, 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 the preachings. The, no, it was God's love that really changed, changed my life. But also we have to find harmony with ourselves. And that's not easy. It's not, it's not easy. I mean, sometimes I see myself in the mirror and I don't like what I see. Not only the physical part, but, <laughs> but the, the heart, you know. It's not easy to see yourself in an in a honest way and accept who you are. The grumpy person that you are, the abusive husband that, that you are, the absent father. It's, it's, it's not easy to see yourself and stop imitating others or living looking for their approval. That's another thing that we have to do. I mean, we don't have to imitate nobody. We don't have to look or speak or dress or like no one. Just, just be you. 
Just be you. And don't, don't be always looking for the approval of other people. The only person that you, that you have been approved by is Jesus, is God. That's, he's the, the only one. And the only person that you have to imitate is Jesus Christ. He's the model. He's the model to follow. He's the model to imitate. Remember that your life has a purpose. But sometimes we don't know what is the purpose in our life. Find it. Find it. What is my passion? What I love to do? What, what's the thing that I can do every day? Even if they don't pay me to do it. Find your passion. God puts passion in you. Use, use that gift. Use, practice that passion. That means living our apathy. We, we live in a very lazy world now, you know. Uh, we don't want to move. Activate yourself. And as Lison was saying here in the red, our ministry is holistic because people is not only spirit. People is flesh. People is mind. And all the areas needs attention. Need our attention. You need to be in good health to serve. Your mind has to be in a good position. And of course, your, your spirit. And that means, in regards of the emotions and the mind, like stop the, the toxic internal dialogue, get rid of the wrong beliefs about yourself and limit you and from your heart, remove guilt, remove shame, resentment, and stop worrying about tomorrow, and forgive yourself, and forgive others. That's very, very important. And, and when we are, because this is a progression, you know, like, like, like with the four virtues, you know, lo love, honor, harmony, peace, when you bring love to your life, there, there, there comes honor. You know, when, when, when you have love, you can honor other people. And when you honor other people, that creates a relation of harmony. And when there is harmony, there's peace. That's, that's the process. So we got to be in harmony with God, in harmony with ourselves, and then we are ready to be in harmony with others. And that's been also hard, hard for me because I grew up in a very dysfunctional family where basically save yourself, that's the, that was the philosophy in my, in my family. So it, it had taken me time and effort to learn how to work as a team, work with others, understanding that I am part of a body and that my contribution is is no more important than anyone's else. So something we have to do is grow in that direction. And also the thing that we have to do to be in peace and harmony and love and honor with others is resolve your differences. And instead of being hypocritical, hypocritical or hiding, we have to learn to confront in love other people and practice love with the other persons. We should serve our peers 
especially those who are missing what you have. There's, there will be always people that need what you got. And that can, it's not only money or it's your time, it's a word of encouragement, your knowledge, your gift. Give that. Don't keep it for you. Don't hide it. Let your light shine to others. That's what the Bible said, that the lamp is not, you know, shining to put it under a shelf. It's to put it here and, and, and let it shine. Give a good testimony. That's important. It's true, God loves you as you are, but you have a commitment to give a good testimony. That's, that's important. And promote peace. And as Peter said in 1 Peter 3.8, Finally, all of you be like-minded, be sympathetic, love one another, be compassionate, compassionate and humble. It's important. And one idea, I don't know. I'm, I'm fine, still fine, okay. <laughs> Sometimes I... And one thing that I was thinking about around all this is a relationship where there is love, honor, harmony, and peace whether it's a family, a sports team, a ministry, it's a powerful thing. It's a really powerful thing. If you go to Matthew 18:20, and this is Jesus' words for where two or three gather in my name, there I am with them. Can you imagine that? I mean, if we have a common purpose, I mean, if we, and, and in our relation as a ministry, as a church, as a family, have these virtues of, of love, honor, harmony, peace, God's going to be there. And, and having God at your side, that's a really powerful thing. Nothing is impossible when you have God at your side and you are with God and He is with you. I mean, it's, it's incredible. And La Red... An upper room is a good example of a relationship where there is love, honor, harmony, and peace. And I am amazed how this relation with you guys, with your church, with your pastor, with many of you, uh, have impacted three generations in the communities of La Libertad and individuals and families just because we decided to have a relation with love, honor, harmony, peace. That is the same to say a relation with God surrounding us with the Holy Spirit. It's, it's incredible. It's incredible. And if the ladies come and it's going to be Tuesday, right? What time is going to be? 6, 6 p.m. at the Nightingale place. My wife and my daughter Andrea will be sharing about what's God, what God is doing with the woman ministry. It's a beautiful thing to hear. And 
Josh and I will be at the, at the men cave, men's cave, also Tuesday. Speaking about what God is doing also at La Red, especially with men ministry. You know, in our, in our culture, Latino culture, macho culture, I mean, men usually don't go to church. That's too easy for them to go to church. You know, they prefer to drink and play soccer and that. But it's beautiful how God is bringing men to the, to the church and they are surrendering to, to God and changing their lives and, and, and bringing others, inviting their peers, their co-workers and, and coming to the, to the ministry. And that's only, that's the result of, the, of a powerful relation where there is love, honor, harmony, and, and peace and my, as I was mentioning, my own story is a good example since uh, my relations were always dysfunctional and, and, and toxic. I, there was a point where I was destroying basically my family, my, my marriage, and, and only because Maggie and I opened the door to the God of harmony that allowed us like as a couple to be together for the last 38 years. We've been together 38 years. And um, 33 of them doing ministry together. And the last 20 with our kids with what it is now, Lared. And, and I'm almost closing. <laughs> Just have a quick two more and last reflections. And one is let God amaze you again. Let God amaze you again. Hmm? That's, that's, that's very important. I think we as Christians have to rebel against this strong current of materialism, secularism, secularism, and relativism that denies God and tells you that we are the masters and lords of our lives. That's not true. That's not true. No matter how the science is improving, artificial intelligence, health, all the advances of the modern society, this is not true. We are not the masters of our lives or, or the universe. God is. And, and God is real. God is real. It's not an imaginary friend. It's God is real. And he is almighty, almighty. And he is in control. And he continues to work miracles. And he has gave us his Holy Spirit. John 14, 26 says, But the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. So he is the one who will be with you and encourage you and guide you in this fight for love, honor, harmony, and peace.
Let God amaze you again. God is good. God is good. It's beautiful. He loves us. He's taking care of us. Rejoice. Rest in Him. Be inspired by Him. Let Him use you. And see His see miracles happening around. Bring, he will bring back the harmony to your life. And one last thing, when you have your harmony back, don't give it away. Don't give it away. It's too precious. It's too precious. And we easily give away our harmony when we neglect the spiritual practices that bring us closer to God, when we allow ourselves to be overcome by anger, selfishness, or, or apathy. Remember that living a life without love, honor, harmony, and peace is, is living a poor life. That's poverty. So that's the challenge. That's the question. That's the goal. Do I want to live in poverty? Or do I want to be rich? Rich in love. Rich in honor. Rich in harmony. Rich in peace. That's what God wants for us. He loves us and he, he wants the best for us. So there's a work to do. There's a decision to make. There's, there's things that we have to broke with, you know, and, and do good. Start doing good. Start practicing these virtues, love, the virtue of love. Honoring other people, even people we don't like. Even your or enemies, as Jesus said. Bringing harmony and peace to our lives. So let me pray to finish for this. Thank you, God, for the beautiful opportunity to go through these amazing words and teachings and principles and virtues that are reminding us that you are in control, that you love us, that the universe, the world that you see is a beautiful one, it's a, a world of harmony where the relations are based on love and honor and harmony and peace. This morning, God, I, I pray to you that you help us to get rid of all the things that are preventing us to be part of that perfect plan, of that perfect model of unity, of family, of body. And let us grow. Let, let us be transformed. Let, let put in us the desire to be transformed, to be different. Let us see your son, Jesus Christ. He's the model. Let us follow that model. Help us. We are sometimes, we don't have the strength, we don't have the wisdom to do it. We're stubborn people many, many times. And 
So we need you. We need your Holy Spirit at our side to tell us this is good, this is not good, go this way. We need that. We really need that. Let us understand that living out of, of you is poverty. It's a life that doesn't, it's not worth to be living. But living in you and you in us, that's the, the real richness. That's the, that's the real significance of richness. So God, thank you for letting us know all these truths, important truths, and give us the strength to put them on practice.